0: Being delivered.
1: It's the classic story of a corporate behemoth swallowing up a darling startup into its ranks. Except in our era of Silicon Valley juggernauts, it's Google taking over cybersecurity company Chronicle. Originally a spawn of the Alphabet company, Google's parent umbrella, Chronicle recently joined Google Cloud, making Chronicle employees part of the internet search engine god. Then people started jumping ship. Now one of the cybersecurity industry's most promising startups is falling apart after one of the most profitable companies in the world took it over. This week, we have Lorenzo Franceschi Bichirai on the show to give us the scoop on the internal struggles of Chronicle. I'm Ben Maku, and this is Cyber. All right, so Lorenzo, for the uninitiated, what is Chronicle?
0: Chronicle is a startup that came out of uh, Alphabet's uh, secretive incubator known as X, and it was announced last year in January, January 2018. And it was supposed to be this super exciting uh, new thing that combined VirusTotal, which is this amazing database of malware, and a new platform that was promised to allow companies to organize all their security data like uh, logs, uh, breach incident response data and stuff like that all in one place and would make sense of all this, you know, treasure trove data. And when it was announced, people were super excited because they were like, well, this is great. This sounds like a, you know, true innovation in the world of antivirus and stuff like that. Um, I think our friend Patrick Gray from Risky Business called it like a meteor that was going to go for the antivirus industry. Uh, but then things started to go sour,
1: Things started to go sour. Well, how's that?
0: Well, so fast forward to this year and Chronicle launches, uh, finally launches its product at RSA, the business-centric security conference in San Francisco. The product is called Backstory and it, it is what they promised it to be. So it's like this um, really easy-to-use platform that visualizes data and helps defenders like respond to incidents, find data breaches, hopefully prevent data breaches and so stuff a, like that. So a
1: game-changing cybersecurity tool, essentially.
0: Yeah, it was supposed to be that. And at this point, um, you know, Chronicle is came out of Google and Alphabet, and part of its promise was that it was not part of Google. So it was like this little startup that was using Google's infrastructure and Google's, like, data and power, you know, cloud power, uh, but was not part of Google.
1: And let's back it up for one second. What is this secretive X incubator?
0: It's um, it's a division of Alphabet that funds a lot of out there ideas, like moonshots, they call them, right? And it has had a kind of actually um, a mixed, mixed, um, mixed results so far. Like a lot of their projects have failed. Essentially, like there was a, I think it was called Project Titan which was supposed to launch, um, like, satellites into orbit to beam the internet on underserved areas. Oh, I remember that. That was folded. Uh, there was Project ARA, which was supposed to create, like, uh, modular phones where that you could easily repair and upgrade. That was also folded. And there's a, there's been a bunch of other, like, startups that were born out of it that didn't go anywhere. So... I think a couple of years ago, Alphabet announced that they had lost something like $900 million through X.
1: Whoa, $900 million, no return.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Google, right? Like, they can, and Alphabet, whatever, they can afford maybe to lose that money, but I think, you know, Chronicle is maybe a good example of how not to do things.
1: Okay, so, it was, so Chronicle's promised, it's this cybersecurity rising star, or meteor, or whatever it was called, and it's promising not to be part of Google. What happens next?
0: Yeah, it was that was such a big part of their brand that their CEO, Stephen Gillette, back in March or around that time when they launched their product, told Forbes, we are not Google. We're not part of Google. So that was like a really big part of their brand and their promise. And then in June, end of June, kind of out of nowhere, Google announces that Chronicle is now going to be folded into Google Cloud, which is Google's platform for any sort of cloud products that they have. And that was kind of surprising because everyone was like, wait, we thought that you were not Google. You came out of Alphabets and Google, and you were supposed to be your own thing, and now you're going back to Google. So that's kind of weird. And even employees of Chronicle did not know that that was going to happen. Uh, They found out at an all-hands call on the same day that the blog post and announcement came out. And people were pretty upset, but you know the decision was made. Apparently, according to one one of our sources, the CEO went on a fishing trip after the announcement to celebrate the merger. And when he came back, he became very unavailable. Apparently, according to one source, he just locked himself up in his office and played World of Warcraft. No, we 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 have to say that we we haven't we haven't been able to confirm this detail. But uh, Stephen Gillette is known to be a prolific World of Warcraft player. Um, That's
1: almost too perfect. For
2: the for the Lord! Lord no matter what you fight for, you never fight
0: alone. A couple of years ago, he even gave an interview in which he explained why he puts his uh, record of World of Warcraft on his resume. And he claimed that that actually got him a bunch of jobs. So, so yeah, people were, were upset. The CEO was sort of like um, unavailable for whatever reason. And then fast forward to August of this year, um, the merger is actually anticipated. It was supposed to happen in the fall, but they finish it earlier. So in early August um uh, Chronicle folds officially into Google Cloud. They organize a party at um they move all the employees into a Google building and they organize a party to welcome them to the company. And the party was sort of bittersweet. Some people were happy, but most people were like, well, this is the end. This is the end of Chronicle. We thought we were going to be this like, you know, agile uh, startup that was going to be able to, you know, iterate quickly and stuff, and now we're back, you know, part of a slow giant. And some people took it out on, um, like, sort of publicly during the party. Uh, the party was at a conference room, and so there was a whiteboard, and people drew like memes comparing the CEO to Thanos, you know, the supervillain, the Marvel supervillain. I am
1: inevitable. I do know who Thanos Snaps is. Yes.
0: And makes half the, the universe disappear. <laughs> Um, Someone else even um, wrote um, Mr. Chainsaw. I'm not feeling so good. Uh, Mr. Chainsaw is the nickname of the founder of Chronicle. And uh, the quote is uh, clearly a reference to Spider-Man disappearing at the end of Infinity War. So people were not happy. Can I just say
1: that just as a side note, for people who just step into like the cybersecurity world, we're fulfilling all of their fantasies. (laughs) Yeah, all <laughs> You did, have a I mean, CEO obsessive World of Warcraft, <laughs> you have people writing writing Avengers inferences and, <laughs> on whiteboard. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, I, it's just on brand.
0: Yeah, you couldn't make this shit up. It's, no, I mean, you really, incredible. I mean,
1: you could, it would just seem not real.
0: Yeah, and then just this week, the founder, Mr. Chainsaw, also known as Mike uh, Viachack, Vi- Vi- uh, quit and left uh, not only Chronicle but the whole Google and wrote one of those blog posts that says Ooh, more than those, the those, actual blog post says, right? those,
1: those scorched earth blog posts, though. So.
0: Yeah, there's there's a, one quote that I think it's worth reading quickly. Um, Biocheck says, Chronicle had one of the most healthy and vibrant corporate cultures I could imagine. And uh, one of our sources said that the choice of tense, the past tense there, is not a coincidence. Our source said... What culture does Chronicle have now? It's a zombie. There's a bunch of people eyeing the exit. Chronicle is dead, and Stephen Gillette and Google killed it.
1: So wait, I mean, the significance of this to me is sort of, you know, you have this giant behemoth of a company, this powerful, you know, corporate god, Google. It takes over something that really seems like it's important and useful to the cybersecurity community, to the public and they completely fuck it up.
0: Yeah, I mean, people were really excited about Chronicle because there was a need for something like that, right? The antivirus industry is pretty much the same, has been the same for 20, 30 years. There are some new exciting, you know, relatively new exciting companies like CrowdStrike or Carbon Black, stuff like that, but it does of it's it's kind of in need of a, a little bit of a disruption and when people saw chronicle they were like well this is this sounds great you know it sounds like it's a startup that's going to use like the resources of google but work on you know on on the edge of google and outside of google to bring something new to the industry and now it's just it's just been folded into google cloud and it's it's just another security team
1: why did google take this over what was the point of it was it was it profit driven
0: it's it's kind of unclear like we don't know exactly what Google was thinking. We we sent a bunch of questions to Google and all they did was link us to the blog post from June, the announcement of the merger. So we're a little confused. We don't know what happened there and and the main problem is that a lot of employees don't don't know either. So uh we heard of people leaving, uh people waiting to leave until their their stock vests and stuff like that. So the morale inside Chronicle seems to be pretty low.
1: It just seems to me like it's just this almost over-corporatization of something that is was working well and was then, I mean, ultimately destroyed.
0: <laughs> yeah, one source said that like maybe one of the reasons was that Chronicle realized that it was hard to build a sales team and it was going to be hard to scale, so they thought that Maybe just becoming, again, part of Google was going to solve that. But I think a lot of people will be disappointed to hear that, you know, uh, employees inside the company, inside Chronicle, are leaving because some of them were really brilliant researchers. Like, they they were able to, Chronicle was able to attract some real talent. Two of the researchers uh, a few months ago did a talk and presented a paper talking about uh, Flame 2.0, which is like this U.S.-Israeli, a p t group like cybersecurity, um hacker hacking group um that's super sophisticated and they were able to find that thanks to their tools at their disposal at chronicle and now it's unclear if like this work is going to continue
1: damn I mean Google has not had a very good year in terms of some of the some of the employment news that's come out of it. I mean, you look at jigsaw that i mean that looks like a that looks like a burning t- dumpster fire now you got this something that was working. And it's, you know, suddenly you're like, D- don't be evil. <laughs> I mean.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not been a great year. And I think there's there's a bunch of like um, departments at Google organizing to unionize. There's been protests. You know, there's been open letters, people quitting, people complaining about ma- managers and uh, big shots leaving because of allegations of sexual harassment and getting million dollars of payouts and buyouts. So it's definitely not been a great year for Google.
1: You know, more broadly, I think this is also another one of those stories that fits into the, the narrative that we're really seeing now is that big tech is kind of getting its comeuppance in terms of its, its employment, its employees are now upset with it. Sort of the, 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 the shine is coming off. We're no longer just looking at them as these upstarts. Now they've become part of the foundations of our society and we're questioning what they're doing. And people are kind of seeing that the emperor, <laughs> emperor wears no clothes.
0: Yeah, and, and more importantly, I think even employees within the companies are being more outspoken, you know, organizing, uh, protesting their, their own company's decisions. You know, we saw that with Project Maven, which was Google's um, contract with the military to help them um, improve uh, bombing technology, I think. Uh, we saw that with, like, Project Dragonfly which was Google's um, secretive and, uh, attempt to go back into China with this, you know to create a search engine that was good for China's censors uh, uh, that was scrapped after people after Google employees protested so yeah it seems like no one is really a big fan of big tech even their own employees 2020 will be interesting yeah hopefully we'll get some good pizza out of the tech companies though <laughs>
1: That's right. For everyone listening now uh, and potential sources, Lorenzo is launching a much-vaunted review of tech companies' pizza. I, st- I honestly think it must be shit, but, I, you know.
0: Yeah, our sources said that Apple's pizza is pretty good. Uh, we also got a picture of Google's mealworm pizza. You heard that right. Yeah, they put mealworms on a pizza. I saw
1: that and I thought it was a joke.
0: It was real. It was real.
1: It's, we- that's disgusting.
0: Some one of our sources liked it. He said that it was a you know it's a great source of protein. I don't eat worms, man. Uh, they say that they kind of taste like shrimp.
1: Doesn't matter. I don't eat worms.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm um, not sure I want to try it. I don't but... die. I,
1: I'll, I'll have. I, one time I had, I did have ant eggs. And that was tasty. Hmm.
0: Yeah, like kind of like caviar. <laughs> Definitely interesting. You didn't know that.
1: Well, 2020, big tech. Thank you for coming on the show again, Lorenzo. It's been a while since you've graced us with that very beautiful italian baritone you bring to the table
0: yeah thank you for having
1: me burrow's furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating they always have their customers in mind their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you and with burrow you always get fast free shipping Get up to sixty percent off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow. slash acast. That's burrow. slash acast. Burrow.com slash acast. always a pleasure. Jason, welcome, F- welcome to the the Cyber Cypher Roundup. I, it, it took you a while to get here. Yeah, Thanks ben, for being late. So
2: you want to hear about it? I'm four minutes late. Now, five, now it's five minutes after we're yeah, scheduled to record. I know. So I work on the third floor, and the recording studio is in the basement. And uh, when I hit the button to come down to the basement, I learned that the elevator was already in the basement. And then it came up to the third floor, and then I had to go all the way back down to the basement. And then I had to pee, so I went to pee, but all the urinals were taken, and so... Uh, You know, once you add all that together,
1: it's a four-minute delay, and I'm really sorry about it. And now everyone knows how the wondrous blogs are made at Motherboard.
2: Well, this isn't a blog, so let's get our terminology correct. But yes, that's more
1: or less a lot of... (laughs) There'll be a a blog post to accompany this. A lot
2: of intra-office commuting, yes, up and down the elevator. I could have taken the stairs, but there was a lot of people on the stairs. I looked
1: first, so... (laughs) Here we are. I'm here. All right, so first story. First story is about Facebook. Or should I say Facebook? You should say Facebook. Because <laughs> now it's just <laughs> Facebook in capital letters.
2: Facebook. Did you sp- Facebook. <laughs> Yuck, that's like peaking. Yeah, our, our
1: audio engineer is not happy that we're yelling. Our audio engineer is very upset about it. But it's just true. It says, now it's like, I, I have to say, Jack, Jack's, you know. His tweet. Jack Dorsey. yeah. Yeah, Jack
2: Dorsey's a... He woke up this morning and made a joke. Yeah, well,
1: he no, he woke up. It was like woke up beefed.
2: Yeah, yeah. So Facebook's employees have written an open letter to Mark Zuckerberg that they posted on an internal message board type system where they were basically like, we should not allow politicians to lie on our platform, which is the... Position that Zuckerberg and Nick Clegg, who is Facebook's, I don't know, head of policy or comms or something like this, uh, former UK politician, have decided to put their, uh, that's the policy that they've decided on is no one can lie in ads except for politicians, except there was a guy in California who decided to announce he was running for office specifically so that he could lie on Facebook ads. And Facebook kicked him off the platform. So they've already made exceptions to this rule. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez asked Mark Zuckerberg in Congress like at a congressional hearing whether she would be allowed to make uh, ads saying that, hey, a a Republican supports the Green New Deal. And Zuckerberg was like, yes, you can definitely do that, but you shouldn't because that's bad for society. And it's just like, that that exchange was insane are we going to play it on here i bet we are we should play it we should play it play it
1: right now yeah
0: you announced recently that the official policy of facebook now allows politicians to pay to spread disinformation Um, in 2020 elections and in the future. So I just want to know how far I can push this um, in the next year. Under your policy, you know, using census data as well, could I pay to target predominantly black zip codes and advertise them the incorrect election date?
2: Uh, And so, yes, there are people within Facebook who are like, why are we doing this? This uh, policy is nonsensical. We should fact check political ads. And uh, this is not my area of expertise, but I've listened to some other podcasts, most notably uh, the Slate, one of Slate's podcasts, either Political Gabfest or Slate Money or something like this. And it's like, if you are trying to advertise on cable news, they're not going to let you lie on cable news. Uh, so why should you be allowed to lie on Facebook? Does anyone like Facebook right now? Like anybody, I don't, I don't know if anyone likes Facebook necessarily. I think that Facebook has continually sort of missed the plot. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Mark Zuckerberg was at Georgetown University where he was comparing himself to Martin Luther King and all these other civil rights heroes for helping to, like, allow people to speak freely and that sort of thing. And, of course, Facebook has a very, uh, let's say, mixed record on content moderation. And it's just the internal logic of Facebook is super unclear. And the way that Facebook looks at itself is much different from how the public looks at Facebook. And all the while, it's increasingly unclear how important Facebook actually is. I know that it's extremely important for a certain generation and it's really important in certain parts of the world. But the sort of core product of Facebook, it's sort of waning in importance, I would say. And I, maybe we're jumping the shark, jumping ahead a little
1: bit too much here. But but I, I would agree also, like this company has not had a positive thing in the news about it in like... Years. Years. <laughs> years. And I
2: mean, they own WhatsApp and they own... Instagram and right now th- those are its saving graces like that's what's keeping it relevant I think there's a lot of legacy users on Facebook who continue to use Facebook and there's a lot of people who check it every day but when you talk about like where culture is being made or where it's important to uh like it's TikTok it's Instagram and it's still I mean, Twitter yeah, like Twitter yeah. has way fewer uh users than Instagram but Twitter is where the president is, it's where all these celebrities are, it's where news is broken. And so I think it's like Facebook is going through a bit of a 2 to 3 year long like slow descent into irrelevance. And I know I say that knowing that there are still billions of users on it every day. It's still the largest platform out there, but but I think they see it coming too. Yeah. Speaking and, of which, and I'm, well, I'm not sure why they are they're sticking to this like political ad thing, which like I think you're about to say. Twitter, on the other hand, has banned all political yeah, ads. Yeah,
1: and it was like such an easy win for Twitter.
2: Yeah, Twitter has gotten basically no good press in years either, and this is the first time that they've gotten really any good press where they said, "Hey, we're not going to allow any political ads." I which think is the right move. It's the right move, but then it comes with its own problems, which it's. They're saying any political issue ads. So, um, you know, they're saying that they will ban ads about climate change where, you know, there are people who will say that climate change should not be a political issue, that it's a scientific issue and it's an essential issue for the human race. And that's certainly true. Uh, I think it's just becomes a matter of where you draw the line in, in terms of what is political and what is not. Uh, This is all to say that, I don't know, Twitter doesn't have nearly as many ads on it as Facebook does. It's clearly, like ads are how Twitter makes its money also, but Facebook prints money, makes tons and tons of money, whereas Twitter is sort of like, when we talk about the downfall of society because of targeted ads, we're talking about Google and we're
1: talking about Facebook. Twitter is, like, lagging way far behind.
2: So. Yeah, although
1: I have to say, whatever Twitter was doing, it kept targeting me with that, like, New York Times article saying, like, all the jokers ranked. I'm like, what, a, what am I, an incel? <laughs> yeah, I
2: mean, you, you may be. Uh, Twitter has been putting a lot more ads in the timeline, though. especially have you noticed to noticed I've yeah, noticed that as well. People with uh, blue check marks, so people who are verified which... Both of us are, I think. We, which got, is that not, blue,
1: we got that blue check It sounds
2: like a brag, but uh, Twitter no, it's will verify, Twitter oh, will bro, verify basically brag. any any we journalist. We, uh, we do have the blue check. It's a point of pride for a lot of people who don't have a blue check. It's like, you know, punk going They would say society. that though, wouldn't they? They would. <laughs> yeah. They would. Anyways, they've started giving us the normal ad experience, which is promoted tweets left and right and I think it's really fun because I see a bunch of like random people advertising their own Twitters I know that's a weird one I and don't get that it's just like random like cybersecurity person yeah promoting one tweet of theirs that has almost no engagement whatsoever or and like it's ending up in my feed which I think is funny
1: or like I've seen a lot of people advertising their like weird cyber lifestyle blogs yeah and I'm like what who I don't want that <laughs> I don't want to read that. Why would I do that? (laughs) Anyway. Okay, so uh, this is big news. It's been big news for journalists, but also it's been big news across the board from a lot of people. I've gotten a lot of texts from people who are not journalists being like, I can't believe Deadspin. This has happened to it. This management situation is insane. Jason, you've you've been hot on this. Tell me about it.
2: Okay, I think that you could go way far back in time. I don't think we need to go that far back, but the long and short of it is Gawker Media obviously has a series of websites. uh, Gawker, Deadspin, Gizmodo, Lifehacker, Jezebel, etc., etc. A few years back, Peter Thiel and Hulk Hogan sued Gawker for an article about uh, a sex tape that Gawker posted featuring Hulk Hogan, Peter Thiel was sort of bankrolling that. And during the uh, court case, Gawker Media, as an independent entity, sort of went bankrupt as a result of the legal fees associated. So
1: they it lost miserably, essentially.
2: Uh, they lost, but I think that they could have probably appe- chosen to appeal it. But rather than appeal it, the founder of that company, Nick Denton, decided to sell it to Univision, which uh, owns, already owned Fusion and. The Onion and a couple other websites. yes. And obviously owns Univision. Uh, And so those sites minus Gawker.com, which died as a result of the lawsuit, continued on their merry way for a little while uh, based on conversations I've had with people who worked there. Univision wasn't the best. Uh, There was a lot of, I don't know, infighting about the future of these websites. And eventually after like a year and a half or two years, Univision decided to sell the all of these companies, these blogs to a company called Great Hill Partners. And Great Hill Partners is a private equity firm that, and if you don't know much about private equity, I don't know that much either, but generally they buy distressed assets, they cut costs and then they sell, they sell whatever's left of them. So they basically try to, they gut whatever they buy they sell it to someone else, and it just ends up being like a bad thing for everyone involved. Like a husk of what it was before. A husk of what it was before. So, Greyhill Partners created a separate company called G-O Media, so G-O Media, and G-O Media is run by a guy named Jim Spanfeller, who is a former uh, executive at Forbes, and sort of oversaw Forbes' descent into Content Mill, where it went from doing, like, regular finance journalism into letting anyone publish anything on their website. Uh, It's a similar model to, like, what HuffPost had for a little while. And he's, like, old. Uh, I say this because it's relevant, because it's, like, Gawker Media has always been sort of at the cutting edge of... Blogs, like I don't know, it's it's just like an internet first blog. It's, it's
1: also been like a very, it's been on the cutting edge of internet culture, right? It's like it's a it's a website that
2: writes about itself a lot. It's a website that's been very combative. It's a website that uh, hasn't shied away from controversy and hasn't shied away from putting uh, very rich and uh, powerful people into uncomfortable situations. So uh, after Gawker died, Deadspin sort of took up the mantle of being the one to sort of report on itself and report on uh, like the bigger media goings-ons and all that sort of thing. So Deadspin is nominally a sports site, but it's also written about all sorts of different things. Uh, I read it every day. I've read it every day for years. I know a lot of people who don't care about sports who have read it every day as well, Even just because the writing there is so good and the people there sort of, I don't know, they, it's you never knew what you are going to find on Deadspin. It is a good website. So, uh, Jim Spanfeller comes in and he is like, hey guys who work at Deadspin, you need to stick to sports, which means you need to write about only sports, not like the intersection of sports and politics or just all sorts of other, uh, things that are far afield. Like for a while, Deadspin was writing recipes and they have the weekly fun bag where Drew McGarry answers like reader questions and all this sort of People shit. People loved that too. Yeah. Loved it. It's on vice.com this week. Hell yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Hell yeah. So anyways, uh, in addition to this, Geo Media put on a bunch of autoplay ads with the sound on like by default. So anytime you load any website, any uh, blog on any Geo Media property, you'd get like the We Are Farmers jingle from Farmers Insurance just like blaring at you because I don't know, they just had autoplay ads on with sound. So any, any, anytime you wanted to read anything, you'd have to go find it and pause it and turn it off. And it was a huge, it's a hugely like, it's a terrible thing for reader experience. And so everyone was like, what the hell? Like, why did you do all this? And so early last week, all of the blogs at GeoMedia published a note to their readers saying, hey, we hate the autoplay ads too. Uh, you should email our bosses and tell them what you think about it. And within two hours or three hours of that, Geo Media unilaterally deleted all of these posts from the websites, which is like a major thing. Like deleting a post off the internet is a really bad thing for journalists. It's bad for like transparency. It's just like it's super sketchy, and it should basically never be done. It's ba- it's it's definitely bad practice. It's it's really bad practice. So, anyways, in order to delete these posts according to uh, GeoMedia's union contract, there needed to be a vote of three executives at the company. And when this uh, union contract was ratified, it was, uh, you know, three people who were like basically an editorial. It was like the lawyer who worked really closely with editorial and the editorial director who worked really close with editorial and then like the CEO of the company. So now under Jim Spanfeller, it's like Jim Spanfeller who... Has been making like the subtext this also is that two weeks ago he killed Splinter, which was sort of the replacement gawker. He just like fired everyone there and closed the website. So a lot of these people have been in open revolt for a while because their boss is destroying a lot of websites that people really loved. Uh, so now, then it was uh, Jim Spanfeller, this guy named Paul Maidment, who worked with Jim Spanfeller at Forbes. Who was the editorial director, and then the lawyer who was just hired like last month? So effectively, these sites don't have editorial independence anymore because all the people who are supposed to be protecting editorial in- independence are gone. So after all this happened, the next day, Barry Pachetsky, who is the was the interim editor in chief of Deadspin, uh and I'm leaving out stuff here, but I think we're probably fine. I can just keep going. He, he and Deadspin posted a bunch of blogs that had nothing to do with sports. It was like, look at these dogs I like and other things of this nature. And so Barry was called into a meeting uh, with Spanfeller and was fired. Uh, and on Deadspin's podcast, they said that Pacheski was told to, quote, get the fuck out. So not super pleasant. <laughs> Jesus. So then, everyone who works at Deadspin over the next forty-eight hours quit very publicly.
1: This Ben guy is also just like a a terrible like capitalist. He's a herb. Yeah, he's they, a real yeah. like he's a real herb. He's like the worst type of capitalist, though.
2: Yes, uh, yeah. So there's a lot of other like stuff that's going on here, but I think for our listeners, the it's basically like this great vulture, is, yeah, yeah, this vulture capitalist firm came in destroyed a website that millions and millions of people read and every like a lot of people really liked uh for unclear reasons uh put autoplay ads all over it which is just terrible internet practice it's like we tried this 10 years ago and everyone revolted and by we, I mean like we. The internet tried autoplay video as a sound. I remember when Vice did like, it. Sometimes I'd be like, "What the
0: fuck?"
2: We did it with our own videos, though. Which I mean, I don't I know. It's still, like it's, it's not a pan good. It, it's not good. Yeah, they're and a pan so, in the ass. Yeah, and then since that, like Paul Maidment has just announced this morning that he uh, is also quit. Deadspin. There's like various subplots here. I don't think we have to super get into them, but uh, yeah, it's it's a mess, and it's uh, continuing
1: to evolve every day. Well, Jason, on that note, long live the internet. Yes, that's been the roundup. This week's episode was recorded and edited by Andrew Bursick, voiced and produced by me, Ben Maku, and you'll be hearing my voice again next week.